Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Are you ready to move your career forward? Make your comeback with Purdue Global and get college credit for your work, school, life, or military experiences. With these credits, you may have already completed up to 75% of your undergraduate degree. You've worked hard to get where you are. It's time to get the recognition you deserve and earn a degree you'll be proud of, one that employers will trust and respect. When you take the next step in your life and career, make it count with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha. And welcome to Stuff I Never Told You, a production of iHeartRadio. And today we are continuing our streak of looking into technologies and women and non-binary folks. And we're continuing it with virtual reality. Or, yes, or VR, which I know um, might have some of you rolling your eyes, especially with a lot of the news that's going around right now. We're not specifically going to be talking about the metaverse today, though we should, um, because they, I recently saw a headline, I believe they lost $700 billion investing into the metaverse, and they fired a lot of their staff to invest in this, which is something we're seeing with Twitter, which is also something we're going to come back and talk about. Right. So, yeah, that, that is a thing. We know it's a thing that we need to talk about. We're going to come back and talk about it. But today we're more focusing on kind of the general landscape of women and non-binary folks in, in the VR world. And actually, this could have been like a multi-parter because there's a really fascinating history of women innovating in this space. Uh and and the history of that and how it came to be what it is today is really cool. But we're going to touch on some of that. We're not going to focus on it, though. And I do have to say, doing this research, I feel like we're seeing several threads emerge again and again when it comes to how these platforms are not supporting women, um, which is not surprising. Also not great, obviously, I hope. <laughs> um, all the problems we talked about with Reddit, with Twitch, are not limited to those platforms. Right. And we're going to talk about how they manifest in VR, too. But part of why we wanted to talk about this was 
a request uh, of a listener saying that in their experience, VR wasn't as sexist as other platforms. And this was over a year ago, at least. But I, I got really curious about it. Uh, and so here we are. Here we are. Right. I remember mm-hmm. that because they suggest some great games mm-hmm. that I never played. Did you play them? No. And actually, I want to talk about this for a second because you and I have, I would say, similar experiences with VR. <laughs> um, but them involve us falling? Is that what you're talking about? Uh, yes. <laughs> Only one time for me. Excuse me you. How <laughs> dare you? <laughs> but it was a pretty big fall. It was. Both of us. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> so you, you actually were the one who introduced me to VR. I had used it previously in like high school. A very bad graphic, like those really old sets you would use. And it was like a, a fighting game. And one of my friends had it and I used it. And it was one of those things where you could like barely tell what was going on. I had fun, but it was also such a difficult... You couldn't tell what was going on. Right. <laughs> so it was right. very difficult. And then you, during the pandemic, kind of introduced me to it Um in, in its newer iteration where the graphics are much better, right. there's a lot more games available. And I, it was one of those things where I waffled on it for a long time, but eventually I bought my own, mm-hmm. kind of on a whim, but I had been thinking about it. It was one of those surprise purchases for you. It was a surprise purchase. Because you forgot purchase. you bought it and then it showed up. And then it showed <laughs> up and then it showed up. But I had been thinking, like it was one of those things where it was going to inevitably happen. And I kept right. kind of being like, no, 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 no. And then eventually I was like, oh yeah, I'll get it. And then I totally forgot. And then it showed up. I was like, ah, yeah. Right. Uh, but related to all of this, I have a lot of games I want to play. And I have not played. My apartment's not the best for playing VR, to be honest. <laughs> it's not right. the most spacious. And I don't generally get nauseated, which we are going to talk about. But I sometimes do. So it's kind of like a, a commitment where I have to like move like my table out of the way. It, it sounds so like easily done. But it is like I have to do this and I have to do this oh, and no, I have to do this not before easy. I can play. Um, but yeah. What about you? What about your experience, Mitha? Well, yeah. So, honestly, I was introduced and the VR set that is in my house is my partner's. Mm-hmm. Uh, he loves a VR set to the point that we still play with it. He does it more than I do. Um, he even talked another person who was actually a boomer. Like, oh, real, yeah. Real talk. And got him into it as well. Like, to the point that he showed him an example, let him play with it for a second, and then he immediately bought it because it was everything he wanted. Like, he talked about how he wanted to be a t- pilot and wanted to test fly. This was an amazing simulation to it. And it is. It's it's definitely upgraded since the time that you were talking about. Yeah. I know there's a lot more of like VR bars popping up and, and the mm-hmm. sensation of this and now more games that you can play together online. Uh, again, my partner uses it to play uh, their version, Vimeo, is, I don't even know what it's called, I'm not going to lie, uh, which is like a version of Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. But VR brand, I don't know. Metaverse <laughs> yeah. brand, maybe, I don't know. Uh, uh-huh. But he plays with his siblings, and they play Catan uh, on it, and they, it's mm-hmm. like they're right there talking to each other, so it's really interesting to see like all of that. Yes, the graphics have gotten better. 
I am one of those, and we'll talk about it in a bit, who gets very sick very quickly with mm-hmm. these games because of the jitterness, the quick motion, mm-hmm. the rapid eye movement that I cannot keep up with. Mm-hmm. I also have really uh, bad stigmatism. So I have my contacts, which if it's not set correctly, everything mm-hmm. goes blurry no matter what. And my contacts are not wonderful. And I can't play with my glasses because it's too thick and big. I just have all kinds of nerd problems. Um <laughs> But yeah, but I really did enjoy it. The ones that I really liked, it was really nice. Like the scenery is beautiful. There's yeah. a coloring one that I love. There's a fishing game that I'm like, I don't even like fishing, but this is really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, there is, I, I love Beat Saber. I love that. When I can fun. get into it, I can get into it. And y'all worked up a sweat yeah. with that game. I mentioned a shooter game where it was like a piloting game. And it was fairly new to the mm-hmm. point that one of our listeners knew one of the creators and gave them a shout out. I was like, hey. Stuff mom never told you was talking about your game. And I was like, what? Yeah. That's awesome. So I mm-hmm. love seeing all of that. Uh, yeah. And I think I'm kind of really wary because I want to know, and we, we're going to talk about it, I know, like how many developers are getting their due who are in from the marginalized communities. Because this is like new technology that can be really big. That's kind of big. Maybe haven't gone about it the right way. <laughs> yeah. But it could be big. Yeah, yeah, and it has a lot of applications that I don't think people realize. And if you if you haven't uh I don't know, used a VR set recently, like like Samantha was saying, there's so many different types of games and some of them are so beautiful and relaxing and peaceful. Like there's a lot to offer in this VR world. And I bought it I think the first summer of the pandemic. I bought it to to the beach with my friends and I would just catch them like hanging out and I don't know, like coloring or just sitting yeah. in space or whatever it was. And it was kind of something that helped them calm or relax, uh, which is not something I would have thought of until I had seen it. I will say that one of the things that I'm kind of wary of and I've only done once or twice uh, because my partner... He gets when he gets caught up, he gets caught up and uh-huh. it's like all immersive. And one of the big f- features is having like rooms where you can visit different people and talk yeah. to different people. You can watch movies together. There, like, you could, there's a certain amount of room. You can do a fireside chat, like all of these things. You can create your own universe. As in fact, like he took me to one, which was super cool. This creator made his own universe and then like he had special things where you could do a Patreon for him to pay it, but outside of that, the entire setup was free. So it's interesting to see all that. But as a woman going in, it felt really odd. And the mm-hmm. minute they figure out you are what gender you are or they think they know what gender you are, it kind of flips. The conversation flips. And uh, it's, it's it seems more predatory. There doesn't seem to be... I don't know, because each each person can have their own room. The person who ever creates that room moderates that room. So I, I think it's too generalized for me to say that it's unsafe for yeah. marginalized communities, but I can see how quickly it would, could be very mm-hmm. unsafe for marginalized communities. Um, it's interesting, though. I think it's a, definitely something we have to look into because who knows? how? What if this becomes the new chat room with Twitter quickly dying? <laughs> what if this becomes the new social media in the future, as we know? Uh, as uh, the Jetsons have told us, everything will be something to that level, right? <laughs> That's where I have to get my Mark Hamill communication now is virtual reality. Oh, God. <laughs> no, 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 no. Well, yeah, and, and any listeners who are listening to this, 
I would say Samantha and I are kind of like VR light. We've done it. Yeah. Um, very light. Very light, though. And uh, I haven't really had much experience with the social aspect yeah. of it. So, listeners, if you're listening and you're like, oh, I have experiences or stories to tell you, please write in. Yes. Yes. So, we're going to do a quick rundown of history and some of the issues in the VR world right now, which, yes, again, we're not talking about metaverse, but they are definitely pushing it as, like, a workplace. <laughs> so, <laughs> who knows what the history, the future will be. <laughs> um, so, yes, this is a very quick rundown um, of the history of VR, but most people trace... That to 1965, which is earlier than I thought it would be. Um, And most of the founders were men, and those would be the founders that we know of anyway, because we know a lot of people, marginalized people, get erased from the story. But uh, women have been involved in the industry for decades. You can take Beth Marcus, the inventor and founding CEO of Exos, and the person in part behind the Dexterous Hand Master in 1998, which was a foundational and sophisticated input device for VR. So I recommend looking up all of this stuff. It's really cool. It wasn't necessarily designed for VR, at least in the way we're talking about it, which is kind of primarily a gaming system, but very, very neat. Um, Data suit, a full-body suit used to capture motion, was designed by Anne Alasco Harville in 1992. Yannick Rowland did substantial research on how the human visual system interacts with VR, so that's another instance where maybe you wouldn't think of that when you're thinking of all of the pieces it took to make VR, but of course, that makes sense. Like, you would need an understanding of how the human eye works and the visual system works. Tamiko Thiel, Shar Davies, Nicole Stinger, they all had uh, parts to play in this. I found a really good list of uh, women involved in the VR movement. Unfortunately, it was hard to find, like, more than, like, they did this thing. Mm-hmm. The end of story, but <laughs> um, <laughs> but I think they could all make really interesting episodes. And these are just a handful of names, and we will have more names later, especially people currently um, working in the field. But the point is, women have provided huge developments in the technology and content of VR, not to mention creating works to bring awareness to important social issues. So like we said, a lot of people you might think of, like, I don't know, shooting games when it comes to VR, but... There are so many other things that can be done in that space that have been done and some that we have talked about before, which we're going to discuss in a minute. Many have expressed the importance of having women leading in this field. Um, They're more aware of women's safety concerns or could have raised their hand about the design of the headset, which we're going to talk about in a minute. Interestingly, a 2017 survey out of the U.S. found that 64% of leadership positions uh, in VR were held by women, though those numbers can get quite low in other countries and counting in other factors. So it was one of those things, like, depending on how you define it and what you include, that number can change drastically. (laughs) One woman we have to talk about in this industry is Nani de la Peña, sometimes called the godmother of VR, who founded Implomatic, a virtual, augmented, and mixed reality company. Early on, de la Peña recognized the potential of VR for all sorts of applications, and she was really vocal about we need to get um, women and other marginalized folks on the ground of this. Because as we've talked about with podcasting, when there's like a newer technology or platform being developed then ideally, we have a room to correct 
past issues we see on other platforms. So this is one of those where they're like, this is a newer thing. Can we please learn from <laughs> all these other issues? Right. On these other platforms. I feel like that's a theme. <laughs> yeah. When we talk about history or things to come, like, hey, this is a good time to learn mm-hmm. from the past. Uh, I do wonder when I see titles like Godmother, Mother. I'm like, why? how did it change? Wait, what's, who, who made these titles? <laughs> and why is it Godmother? Like, did she not have a hand in it? Was it just like a, I encourage you, go forth? <laughs> yes. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> just a mm-hmm. random moment, one random thought. Mm-hmm. So while technology has advanced and become more affordable, especially from about 2020 onward, uh, and they're used for all kinds of things outside of gaming, like work and education, and virtual travel, only one in five Americans have given a VR set a try. And it is. There's a lot of, like, it seems so odd when you originally think about the VR sets and then you're like, yeah, it's silly. It's just hokey. You're looking at a cartoon closer up. Right. And then you realize, oh, no, they've really done some things. And as every edition is released, because we're, I think, what, the version five of the uh, Metaverse VR set, Mm -hmm. it gets increasingly intricate. It is quite unnerving almost. Yeah. But even with those numbers, uh, the numbers for women are lower uh, in the UK and in the US. Only 16% of women had used VR compared to about 30% of men. Um, And I wonder why. I wonder if it's just they're not asking women or (laughs) women are like, no, I'm good. It could be, it could be a a little bit of A, a little bit of B. Uh, We are going (laughs) to break some of that down. I do think there's a lot of leftover for for older folks like you and me who do remember those really hey, watch it. <laughs> hey I'm including me uh, <laughs> who do remember those kind of crappy like mall VR sets mm. or whatever I think there's a lot of leftover like no I don't like that I don't want that <laughs> kind of reminds me of the little slides yeah almost along those level like that's what we thought of not really but you know like that's that ooh so close and so beautiful scenery but it's just little stills mm-hmm <laughs> Amplified. Things are changing, but yes, 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 yes. Tired of spills and stains on your sofa? Wash away your worries with Anabay. Anabay, the only sofa that's machine washable inside and out, where designer quality meets budget friendly prices. That's right, sofas from only $639. Anabay brings you a no-risk experience with pet-friendly, stain-resistant, and changeable slipcovers made with performance fabric, cloud-like comfort with high-resilience foam, and hypoallergenic featherless down that needs no fluffing. Their steel frame ensures longevity, and you can rearrange the modular pieces anytime. And here's the cherry on top, up to 60% off site-wide. It's backed by a 30-day satisfaction guarantee, so if you're not absolutely in love, send it back for a full refund. No return shipping or restocking fees. Every penny back. Join the revolution of easy, clean, stylish living with up to 60% off at anabay.com. That's A-N-A-B-E-I dot Offers are subject to change, and certain restrictions may apply. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. 
There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Oh, it's such a clutch pickup, Dave. <laughs> I know, right? I was worried we'd bring back the same team. Oh, no, I meant those blackout motorized shades. MVP of the room. Blinds.com made it crazy affordable to replace our old blinds. Hard to install? No, it's easy. Even you could do it. Nice. I installed these and then got some for my mom, too. What, you fly across the country to do the install? Nope. Blinds.com can do it all. All she had to do was pick what she wanted. She talked to a design consultant for free and scheduled a professional measure and install. Look at you, Hall of Fame son. Oh, I just picked the winning team. They're the number one online retailer of custom window coverings in the world. Oh, Blinds.com is the GOAT. The GOAT. He shoots. He scores. Go to Blinds.com for 40% off site-wide and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Go right now for 40% off site-wide at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Uh, And yeah, there's also a lack of diversity in what gets funded in the VR sector, though there have been some really notable films made by women of color that utilize VR, including one we talked about called Crow the Legend by Sarah Eagleheart. That was really beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, and there, there are actually quite a handful of them that are, are very, very good. And while there are some great women protagonist characters in the games themselves in VR, that's still an area that needs a lot of improvement. As of 2020, VR was expected to be a $150 billion industry. And some of our fellow podcasts have had shows in the VR world, which is something Samantha and I are struggling to wrap our heads around, but they have done it. So it's true. We don't quite understand it and we don't know what that would look like, as well as the fact that our parent company may have been a part of the big buy of that billion dollar investment. Hey. Yeah. There's a lot of things, a lot of There's questions. There's a lot of things uh, we're trying to yeah. figure out. But, you uh-huh. know, as I was talking about earlier in um, in in these little chat rooms, I like I said, I am wondering about the harassment. And unfortunately, while there are many positives about the VR, it is not without the same problems as we've discussed in previous tech episodes um, and the same things we see offline too. Yes, obviously right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of them is harassment, which as I had a question, <laughs> which disproportionately impacts women and people of color. Hmm. Yes. So a lot of you probably heard this story. It made a lot of headlines. Um, recently, a woman beta tester reported being groped while interacting in a metaverse platform. Um, Meta concluded that she should have used the, quote, safe zone security features. So this is like the personal boundary. Um, if you played VR, it's kind of this 
circle that you can see. Um, it's about four feet or 1.2 meters, according to Meta. And if an avatar tries to enter it, the boundary should stop them. This is not a new or isolated incident, though. In 2016, a woman shared her story of how another VR user groped her breast and crotch, ignoring her when she told them to stop and chasing her around. Um, she wrote an open letter about it. And here's a quote from that. A user's disembodied helmet faced me dead on. His floating hand approached my body and he started to virtually rub my chest. Stop, I cried. This goaded him on and even when I turned away from him, he chased me around, making grabbing and pinching motions near my chest. Emboldened, he even shoved his hand toward my virtual crotch and began rubbing. There I was being virtually groped in a snowy fortress with my brother-in-law and husband watching. Yeah, it's pretty upsetting open letter right. you can read the whole thing i will say even though there's supposed to be age limits mm-hmm. you know you really can't stop that and the amount of young kids that are on here is alarming um don't get me wrong i absolutely believe this could be an adult doing this but yeah. i know like a lot of this is like uh both of those incidences or issues and conversations and about like, hey, this is teaching some things that are really, really off-putting. And then even though this is not reality, Mm -hmm. the fact that this is happening in a setting that's supposed to be even safer because you're supposed to have safeguards and able to block people, that's really concerning. Right. And it's one of those things, um, which I think we're going to talk about in a minute, but uh, where... You might not know that the safeguard feature was not, it's not automatically activated or it wasn't at this time. I think it is now. So you would have to know, like, oh, I have to go in, where to find that, turn right. it on. Um, which you might, you just, you know, I'm going into VR. I might not be thinking, oh, somebody might grope me in VR right. and I need to go find this setting and turn it on. <laughs> Right. I will say, uh, I was watching, again, my partner in VR, and, and there's a setting that you can cast it onto uh, TVs or your phone or whatever or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was a hot dog. He uh-huh. was trying to uh, show me how these little worlds work and what it looks like and other people can come in, especially if it's open. Mm-hmm. And this one kid just followed him, and it was a kid because you could hear him scream. Like, he has oh, had wow. his audio on, uh-huh. and he would scream. This is kind of funny. Uh, hey, hot dog. Hot dog, come here. Hot dog, let me let me see. Lane would chase Joe around until Joe knew the like a way to block him. Right. So he blocked him, but I would have mm-hmm. not never known that. I was like, what right. is what is happening? Why is he not leaving you alone? Because he Joe would just mind his own business to walk through this world. Right. And this kid was following him around for a good, I think, 10 minutes. And Joe yeah. really thought he'd lost him several times. And then the kid would just pop up and be like, hey, hot dog. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Again, it's not funny, but at that moment, Joe being a hot dog as his Avatar was quite funny. Right. (laughs) Right. Right. Well, and that's kind of the thing is what you're talking about is like that moment of panic. Like that was a pretty annoying but benign experience. Right. Ultimately. But it's not that a lot of times. And and many women have reported just not feeling safe or comfortable. Just kind of what you were talking about, Samantha. Like, oh, you could feel how this could turn and be a space of harassment very quickly when, when you're in this VR space. There's a lot of creepy staring people have reported, um, interactions, like taking pictures without your consent, running up to talk to you, giving you the sensation that they're talking in your ear because of how the headset works. 
Yeah. It sounds like they're right in your ear. Right next to you. It's unnerving. Mm-hmm. And one woman described an experience where male avatars surrounded her and subjected her to an onslaught of sexual innuendo. And she compared the experience to sexual assault. Um, others have said the tech advances can make these assaults and harassments feel like they're, they're I, I don't, I hesitate to say really happening because they are really happening, but like happening to your physical body. Right. Another woman recounted logging on into the metaverse and within a minute experiencing harassment and being virtually gang raped. In her words, quote, three to four male avatars with male voices, um, essentially, but virtually gang raped my avatar and took photos. As I tried to get away, they yelled, don't pretend you didn't love it and go rub yourself off to the photo. Um, and this person said that it happened so quickly she didn't have time to enact the the safe zone feature. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So many women who came forward with these experiences were essentially victim blamed and told it's just a virtual body, which is not far off to what people are being told in the physical world. Yep. Um, it's a game. Get over it. It wasn't actually sexual abuse. But experts have reiterated sexual harassment in the VR world is sexual harassment. In the words of Catherine Cross, a PhD student researcher of online harassment at the University of Washington, she said, At the end of the day, the nature of virtual reality spaces is such that if it is designed to trick the user into thinking they are physically in a certain space, that their every bodily action is occurring in a 3D environment. It's part of the reason why emotional reactions can be stronger in that space and why VR triggers the same internal nervous system and psychological responses. Which, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And this is really, because also, there's so many things to this. Because we know as people have permission to create their own worlds, they can also create their own rules. So this Mm -hmm. is really unnerving about who with the ability, who knows how to code, who knows about VR, who knows it better than those who created it, which happens a lot, what they can do and the violence they can incite on that. That is so scary. Yeah, and going back to that other woman's point, she was in there less than a minute before she Mm -hmm. experienced this harassment. And if, if it's your first time, and you're just like, oh, let me go check this out. Right. And there are these players, these male avatars that just do that, to just wait, and they know what yeah. to do. Like, that's terrifying, because you wouldn't have a chance to even orient yourself or figure things out. And Samantha, we're kind of joking about it at the beginning, but we did both fall when we were playing, because that's what we're talking about. Like, you... The sensation is real. The, the sensation feels very real. And when you get, like even a little disoriented, it it can be like almost panic-inducing. Like, oh my gosh, what is happening? So I totally believe like all these accounts we're hearing from women that it feels so awful and dangerous and very, very real. (laughs) And I'm not going to talk about too much, but the fact that these rooms can be created, there are a lot of traps I don't know how else to say it, where they're trying to entice a certain group of people to come into their room. And if it takes a split second to make someone uncomfortable or to abuse somebody, that's all they really need. And a lot of them have to have permission. You might be in a waiting list and all of these. And again, you know, especially for younger kids and younger people who just want to explore and they're like, oh, that's an interest that I have. Let's go see what this is about. Yeah. And again, I've hit some that I'm like, they're just talking about this and they'll like, 
I want to be a spectator. I do this in TikTok too. I just <laughs> want to see and move on. But they notice you walk in and coming in. They're like, hey, so-and-so. And I'm like, oh God, they see me. And they don't see <laughs> yeah. me and my avatar. Right. Like, I got I to gotta go. Uh-huh. Um, but that's that's the conversation is that there's so much leeway to this. There's so many freedoms to this. There are so many unrestricted ways that this can go wrong. Yeah. Um, that it can be scary, but also there's so many amazing things to this that mm-hmm. could be almost therapeutic if allowed to be used correctly and yeah. monitored to a certain degree. So it's such a big, wide-open space. And with VR, it's so new as the technology has really just skyrocketed the last five years. Yeah, and I feel like that's something we've said in all of these technology episodes we've done recently is there's like these beautiful things to it. There are these beautiful aspects to it. There's this community building and, and ways to connect with people. I found a lot of articles about, um, which I think we talked about with um, Twitch and Reddit maybe. Uh, but I found a lot of articles from trans people who are like, this is one of the few times I felt like I could, you know, kind of be myself and come out and and make this avatar feel like how I feel inside um and so there there are all these amazing things of it and i i just hate that it's so many of the kind of things we see in our daily lives have transitioned into this platform because it's you know it's i'll go into a room and and in the the real world is that's not the word like the outside the offline world um and i don't feel safe like you know what i mean like right it doesn't stop existing right in vr and to be fair i think we come from a generation when um chat rooms were new so mm. we were there i was this i was there uh, <laughs> at the beginning and they weren't all great some of them no. were um, and the lo- online abuse and grooming and, and all of that that happened makes me wary of yeah. chat rooms in general and take mm-hmm. this amplifier because you are talking in speech. Yeah. Um, and then it, it's odd anyway. But like I'm very, very like as a millennial, elder millennial, <laughs> I'll just put it that way, which I hate that term. But <laughs> it, it makes me wary and wonder how bad this is going to go. Mm-hmm. Which is sad because it yeah. should be new and fresh, but nothing really is. Yeah. I mean, that's the unfortunate thing. I feel like we're, my my history professor used to say, we're slinky. We're just like a, it's cyclical, but we are moving ahead one cycle, but it's still cyclical. So right. it's like, I do think we are making progress, but we're seeing the same issues over and over again. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, something else we've talked about is... There are hardly any avatars in the VR spaces. Um, so if, you, if you've never played, there's kind of like these general rooms as Samantha's been talking about. Uh, mine, mine looks like kind of a lodge, but with stars everywhere. A lot of the avatars in those spaces are not uh, women. They're mostly men or maybe non-gender. Uh, but yeah, trans people have written about how VR and VR avatars can be this really powerful way to present their true selves um, safely and perhaps for the first time. But it is a problem when people don't feel comfortable using women-gendered avatars or if it is also just that uneven in in population. And I've spoken before about like as early as I think 12. I was like, I cannot have a woman avatar. I'll get harassed too much. Be a hot dog. (laughs) 
Yeah, that sounds like some kind of aspirational quote. <laughs> be a hot dog. Just be a hot dog. <laughs> Just be a hot dog. Um, there has been a lot of effort to provide a wide range of avatar options, but still work to be done in that arena as well. Women who work in the field have said that VR is difficult to moderate because it requires moderators to watch how avatars moved, for instance. Like, it basically, it would require a moderator to be there all the time. One solution proposed involves a universal hand or arm signal to tell the moderators something is wrong, but that has its own limitations. But that was something, there's a letter you can find, actually, I think it's uh, in response to that open letter that we read a quote from earlier, where uh, the male developer of the game said, like, I wish I had taken this more seriously. And I think we could have taken we could have changed the course of VR. But that was one of the things they instituted after that uh, happened, was that you had this kind of hand gesture you would make to kind of tell the moderators, like, something is wrong here. And and a review from the Digital Games Research Association uh, about this whole incident included this quote, many online responses to this incident were dismissive of Belmere's um, experience and at times abusive and misogynistic. Readers from all perspectives grappled with understanding this act given the virtual and playful context it occurred in. Yeah. A lot of dismissing. Mm-hmm. Right, which is concerning because there's a lot of warning signs to be said that happens offline, that happens in these spaces. So I feel like to dismiss it and say it's just a joke is really dangerous to begin with, that, that yeah. rhetoric in general. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and after researchers combed through 11.5 hours of chat, they found over 100 instances that could be violations and that on average, one of these took place every seven minutes, which is on par with Twitter. Yeah, I mean, that's... That's concerning, too. <laughs> Every seven minutes of violation. And we've, we've discussed a million times, like, a lot of these platforms don't have the best, like, if, you're, if it's a violation, then something's really gone wrong. Right, right. <laughs> the idea of VR dating, which I want to return to, got more traction during the pandemic. And VR dating apps have also tackled with how to handle their the safety concerns of their users, um, most of these uh, of these concerns around women. On the other on the other side of it, uh, some have suggested VR dates as a safety measure themselves, as a way to safely have a first date and look for any red flags. It's been used as a tool for long distance relationships as well. So that's something. Uh, I would love to come back and look into that more in depth. I would also love to come back to this. There are women working in VR porn. And I found like a bunch of articles about them. Hmm. And I would love to come back and and dig into that more deeply. Yeah, I have a lot of questions. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to leave it be. I'm, I'm assuming the VR porn would be a lot like OnlyFans, maybe except a little more direct mm-hmm. as well, where it was not just chat or requests. Right. Well, um, the Star Wars Holiday Special predicted this in 1979. That's... Oh, my goodness. You're fired. <laughs> You're fired. A. B. Um, I, I need to know. So are these, again, we're going to come back to it, but if anybody is actually done yeah. VR dating, I need to oh know my about gosh, this. Please. Because I need to understand the apps and the success, because it sounds genius, also mm-hmm. scary. So I need mm-hmm. to, I need to hear about this. Yes. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Please let us know. Um, But now this is something 
we're going to talk. I wasn't expecting this, but it made total sense when I read it. Um, So I I was like Googling women in VR, and one of the top things that came up that I wasn't expecting was cyber sickness, something called cyber sickness. Yes, 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 yes. I, I, when I read it, I was like, oh, Samantha's going to want to hear about this. Um, so cyber sickness is the study of motion sickness um, when it comes to technology and how that... And so this whole idea that I found was basically asking the question, like, do women experience more cyber sickness when playing VR? If so, why? And if so, does that mean that it's essentially discrimination against women? So here is a great but brief explanation of motion sickness from Nevada today. Motion sickness, of which VR sickness is a subset, is generally caused by a conflict between visual and vestibular systems, which normally are in sync with each other. For example, car sickness is caused when people feeling the car accelerate, vestibular cues, but they aren't looking outside the window and they don't see the corresponding visual cues, causing conflict. VR sickness is the other way around. When navigating in VR, optical cues, like objects passing through the user's periphery, provide the user with the illusion that they are moving, but as users sit or stand still, there are no vestibular cues, causing a visual vestibular conflict. Okay. An informal poll found that over 22% of women reported experiencing motion sickness when using a VR headset, compared to only about uh, 7% of men. And a part of the problem has to do with interpupillary distance, or the distance between people's eyes. A lot of VR headsets don't allow users to adjust this distance, and researchers think uh, that they were primarily designed after men's facial structures, not women's. The default IPD, um, uh, or distance between people's eyes, as it's called, is larger than the average population on these headsets. Um, Hormonal differences might be at play as well. Women typically have a smaller inner ear, uh, which means they're more sensitive to vestibular activity, which means more motion sickness. Um, People do develop VR legs, as they're called, basically what it sounds, like you get used to it. But women develop them at a lower rate. Uh, though that could be due to a variety of factors. Uh, but essentially, yeah, these headsets were designed around men, doesn't match the kind of average in society. I am justified. I'm vilified here. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> um, yeah, because I definitely, I can't do it for long periods of time, and it makes me very, very sick. Mm-hmm. But uh, here's a quote from Venture Beat. A user's experience levels with flat-screen gaming can predict VR sickness, a skill called mental rotation. The capability to work with and explore 3D space in your head can have an impact on how susceptible a user is to VR sickness. According to a 2017 report from Statista, men play more games from genres such as 3D action games and first-person shooters, which are both types of flat-screen games that improve mental rotation. Genres that don't contribute, like puzzle games and family farm stimulators, are the ones that women play more often than others, like uh, first-person shooter games. That's me. I do play those puzzle games. (laughs) Uh, This difference between female gamers and male gamers could explain why women still get sick more often. Oddly enough, I do get motion sickness in watching other people play first-person shooter games or action games as well. Hmm. That's why I was like, this quote, I feel like it's like telling me the story of Samantha. (laughs) 
<laughs> That's why I want to just about me. <laughs> they should study you. <laughs> of spills and stains on your sofa? Wash away your worries with Anabay. Anabay, the only sofa that's machine washable inside and out, where designer quality meets budget-friendly prices. That's right, sofas from only $639. Anabay brings you a no-risk experience with pet-friendly, stain-resistant, and changeable slipcovers made with performance fabric, cloud-like comfort with high-resilience foam, and hypoallergenic featherless down that needs no fluffing. Their steel frame ensures longevity, and you can rearrange the modular pieces anytime. And here's the cherry on top, up to 60% off site-wide. It's backed by a 30-day satisfaction guarantee, so if you're not absolutely in love, send it back for a full refund. No return shipping or restocking fees, every penny back. Join the revolution of easy, clean, stylish living with up to 60% off at anabay.com. That's A-N-A-B-E-I.com. Offers are subject to change and certain restrictions may apply. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids. But I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save 40% site-wide. Get 40% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. This is also something I found interesting. So the headset isn't the only design factor 
that shows women were not in mind when these headsets and games were created. Uh, Women who played the VR version of Resident Evil 4, which I desperately want to play, reported that the chest... The chest level required on some moves essentially equated to a boob punch. So basically, I think what they were saying is like you have to make this motion where you almost kind of hit your chest oh. um, to get into your item inventory, which you're going to want to do very quickly in a game like Resident Evil 4 where zombies are coming to kill you, right? But it, they don't, they didn't take into account boobs. Like boobs might get in your way. And so you have to like do more and actually hit yourself <laughs> to get this function to work. Some men have larger chests as well, mm-hmm. so that can't be good for them either. Yeah, well, I don't think I don't think you're actually supposed to hit your chest. It's basically it assuming happens. you don't have boobs, right? Because I mean, you have to move in so much. Yeah, no, exactly, exactly. But I think that's the kind of they weren't even thinking about that. Yeah. Like, oh, surely flat-chested traditional man, this won't be a problem. Other games have similar issues where the grabbing of an item motion did not take into account body types other than, yes, kind of this basic, you know, traditional man, we'll say. Um, A technical product manager at Oculus named Charmaine Hung reported early problems. Um, So she was testing it out, and she was like, oh, my hands are too small to reach grips on the controllers. Uh, Mascara got in the lenses. Her hair was too smooth for the straps. Um, and she was told, essentially, that's probably just a you thing. That's probably just a you thing. Uh, so she asked for women volunteers to try in the headset, collected data, showed it to the male higher-ups, and they changed their minds. They're like, oh, okay, yeah, I see. But it, it took her, that's why it's so important that we have people <laughs> at the early stages because they were like, ah, it's probably just you. <laughs> <laughs> It's fine. Eh, You're an odd-shaped human. You can't play. That's okay. And related to this, the headset was also not designed for black people's hair. Unfortunately, I could not... This was behind a paywall, so I couldn't read the whole article, but uh, a woman, a black woman, did a bunch of research on this and is is or has already, like, created a prototype that uh, works for black people's hair. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because the thing about most of the settings, it has to fit tight. Yeah. To your head, which, by the way, I had difficulty with the original Oculus because my head is really small compared to my partner's. Mm-hmm. And so to adjust it, we had to add padding. Mm-hmm. Literally things that were from, like, we bought, got, like, towels and folded it up and put it underneath so I could fit it because it couldn't adjust easily. Mm-hmm. You had to take it apart to adjust it. So it definitely was not meant for people with, and I don't think I have a tiny head. Right. So, but it was smaller than his who... Has a big head. I said it. <laughs> you did. You sure did. <laughs> I had trouble with that too. And I definitely experienced the pulling of hair, mm-hmm. which I think that yeah. a lot of a lot of men with shorter hair don't. It's heavy. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe I'm just wearing it wrong, but it's heavy. And yeah. talk about like causing aches and pains on your head. I'm like, I, I this is giving me a headache just putting it on. I have a lot of ailments, apparently. <laughs> That's what this episode is investigating. <laughs> um, and yeah, there have been overall issues around accessibility and disability. As we said, it could, virtual reality could be a great tool in that area as well. Um, but there are just so many issues right now around that, around people being able to use it or not being able to use it. When we're talking about the future, 
Uh, There are some silver linings here and people working to make VR better for everybody. In 2014, Maria Korolov founded Women in Virtual Reality, which is a really great resource um, and networking advocacy organization with the mission of, quote, increasing the visibility of women in the virtual reality of women in virtual reality and attracting more women to the field. And they have a list of goals that include um, things like training, identifying factors, keeping women from the field, and providing experts to the media. So there's a lot. Um, I really recommend it if you're interested in in any way. Jin Duong, who co-founded Shift, or capital S-H, um, two forward slashes, FT, an organization pushing for future technologies to keep inclusion in mind. Um, and, and they've been really outspoken about why this is important in VR and how we can go about it. There's an organization called Equal Reality, and they use VR simulations to foster empathy, and they host diversity inclusion training sessions. That's something else we could come back and do a whole episode on because there's a lot of argument about that. I wanted to include it because that's also... As we've said, there are so many ways that VR could be this really beneficial and good mm-hmm. tool. But yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot of stories. Um, and I know we didn't really hit onto it, but VR has been used for military training and yes, tactics. Yes, exactly. Um, and there's mm-hmm. a lot of conversation that needs to be had about weaponizing tech mm-hmm. for power. Yep. Um, and why that it was geared towards men to begin with and kind of mm-hmm. still is um, and taking it into a, hey, we can make money, let's go. Right. Um, but there's a lot of dark uh, history behind VR that like we obviously wouldn't get into, but that needs to be considered as to mm-hmm. the future of it. And I, I am also thinking we need to do a future episode on drones um, yeah. because the way it has taken off and then who is involved and what is uh, what is being used for today. But I find it interesting that that is its history and trying to find out how is it shifting? Is it shifting? Is it actually becoming more equalized? And what truly is the purpose? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And I do think, like, again, going back to that short documentary, Watch the Crow, like, Crow the Legend, that was so good. It was so beautiful. And it was such a, like, Mm -hmm. wonderful way to utilize VR. I think there are all these applications that are fantastic that we could do, but there is this dark side that we also have to talk yeah. about and keep in mind. And I think that's, again, that's been the, the thread through all of these technology episodes. So yeah, uh, really, really, really would love to hear from listeners about your experience in VR, um, either as someone who's played it or a creator, that'd be fantastic. Uh, and yeah, we are working on a listener mail episode. So please, if you want us Ooh. to read something, uh, please send it soon because it's going to come out uh, in the next month or so. So, yeah. And to those who've been uh, sending messages through Twitter, <laughs> as long as it's going, and um, Instagram, especially about your experiences in things like Twitch and Reddit, mm-hmm. thank you. Keep sending them because it's yes. fascinating to read. We are reading them. Yes, it really, really, really is. And we've learned a lot, so I'm so excited to share all those. <laughs> um, yes, uh, you can send those to our email, uh, which is stuff at iheartmedia.com. You can find us on Twitter at momstuffpodcast or on Instagram at Stuff Mom Never Told You. Thanks, as always, to our super producer, Christina. Thank you, Christina. And thanks to you for listening. Stuff Mom Never Told You is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can check out the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to your favorite shows.
Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like when the tailgate party shows up at your house after the big win. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this could sideline your savings. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. Thank you. 